right, Source Podcast, we're back with a VIP guest. We teased it last week. Senor Juan Torres, what's up, brother? Amen, man. Thank you for having me, brother. Good, good to it. be with you. You got this energy about you that I just want to be around you more. So we're going to get into a lot of different topics. Uh, first off, I know that you've been working with your wife, Empy, uh, together in this mortgage business. We want to know all about that. We want to know about your motivational speaker series that you have going on in Vive. I attended that. That was amazing, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had one of my favorite uh, podcasters, entrepreneurs, uh, business coaches, uh, Patrick Bet-David. Amen. Amen. He was the keynote. So we want to hear all about that. We want to hear about your journey, right, as an immigrant coming into this country and really realizing the American dream right, of entrepreneurship, homeownership, all that. Uh, we also want to touch a little bit of being a business owner and what that means as far as managing people and helping others do what you do. So um, let's jump right in, brother. Tell us a little bit about your company, GoTo. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit about um, GoTo, myself, just get right into the whole GoTo, how it all started. Sure. Cool. So how GoTo came about was, um, mind you, I've been in business as a loan officer for 16 years. I got into the business in 2006. But how GoTo came about was that my wife and I had already been managing a branch office for maybe since 2011. Okay. okay. But we knew all this time that although it was ours, it wasn't ours, if that makes any sense. Explain that, no. Yeah, yeah. So what I mean by that is that we, the branch that we were operating was for a different bank, for a different company, right, that um, they had their own vision, they had their own mission, they had their own values and morals, right? And some of them aligned, uh, and then some didn't, right? And we had a vision of how we wanted to run our our, our thing, right? And we always said, like, if, we, if and when we run or open up our own company, this is what our vision, this is what the mission is, this is what our core values are going to be. And in 2019, we went on vacation. We went to Oaxaca. We got this really... Oaxaca, Mexico. Oaxaca, Mexico. Right. Yeah, man. It was one of the best vacations. I was there for two weeks. You ever been to Oaxaca? But my grandmother on my mother's side lived there, and she's, she's told me a lot of stories. There's a lot of tradition there there's a lot of indigenous uh uh people that still live there so uh so yeah you, you guys went on vacation we, and we were on vacation we were there, there for two weeks so i was in the city for one week and this is during the uh, cuaresma time like about the same time okay right lint um, yeah. lint right and so we were one week in the city and then another week on the beach all right. But where the conversation came about was the second week of our vacation. We were in this really nice Airbnb overlooking the entire ocean. Right. There was a cliff and um, all you can see was just we're in the pool and all you can see was the endless ocean. And we were talking and um, we said, if and when we open up our company, this is what it's going to look like. This is the vision. This is the mission. And I think it's time because I've been doing this for 14 years at that time. I said, and I believe that the market is open for the broker community again. So I think, we, I think we ought to do it. And I got all of that in camera. During that time, I was already vlogging. We got it all in camera. I love it. We came back, Lamente, and we, uh, you know, at home in our home office, we got some, um, you know, those big post-it papers. I don't know, what, what do you call them? The, the ones that, you know, the big um, 
there's a big notepad where, um, you know, when you ever go to a seminar, you're having like an office meeting, you, you start writing, it's, it's, it's like a notepad, a okay. huge white okay. notepad, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. So we got that out and we wrote out, okay, we got to do X, Y, and Z, all right? So we put X, Y, and Z, and we just started to plan accordingly, right? And then we executed accordingly. Got our broker's test, we got an insurance, et cetera, et cetera. And like, okay, well, then how that, that's, that, now with that, we have it. What's the name of the company? Oh, okay. That's the fun part. So we had all kinds of names, okay, different kinds of names. We went on vacation with my went to another vacation, went to my sister's house. We ran through a couple of names, Insta Home, Valley Home. And then we came back from vacation. And we were we came up with like the top five names. All right. And then I remembered Antonio Villarrigosa. And I like what he did with his last name. Mayor. Mayor. Mayor of Valley. All right. His last name was, I believe, Villegas, and I believe his wife's last name was Regosa. I didn't know that. So they took those two last names, and they combined them into one. So what we did is, or what I did is, I took Torres, and I took Gomez. I took two from my last name, and then I took her G.O. from her last name. So to go mortgage didn't sound good, because it's... Not a drive through it's not to go, right? Okay. <laughs> so I said, how about go to? So go to Mortgage Solutions. That's how we came about the name of Go to Mortgage Solutions. It's so perfect. 2019, brother. Your go to lender. <laughs> go to. And, it, and it's yeah. both of you guys' yeah. last name. Wow. So how is it working with your spouse? Uh, I know that uh, you guys have an awesome relationship, uh, but is it? Can it be taxing at times, doing home, doing work? I mean, you guys are around each other 24-7. 24-7. And it's, it's, all about, it, it's all about everything, right? You're here at work. You're at the office. The kids come up, right? Uh, conversations about the kids come up. Phone calls about the kids come up. Or we're home and phone rings and it's work, right? So it's 24-7, nonstop. But then on top of that, we work together. Okay, we don't drive to the office in the same car. Interesting. But and by the way, we live a mile away. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> but it's not because we don't want to or anything like that. But it's because we have different schedules. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. So um, I used to drop off the kids, and I did that for a bit for all of their for since my son was uh, in kindergarten. I love doing that. By I, the way, I love it. I love it. It's my favorite part. My favorite part of the day. Yeah. My wife drops them off now. All right. But uh, that's because my schedule changed, right? Okay. So I come into the office 8 o'clock, okay? She doesn't come to the office until 9.30, 9 o'clock, sure. all right? She does operations. I do sales, all right? So although we're in the same company, in the same building, at the different office, doing totally different things all the time. Okay. Same vision, same mission. Share a little bit about your vision and your mission for those of you guys that, that – for, for the audience out there that's thinking, hey – this guy's on it, right? This guy's super sharp. Uh, but you, you mentioned something about the previous company that you guys were managing. Uh, some things aligned and some didn't. Share about what your specific uh, mission and core values are with go-to mortgages. 100%. Um, and I believe that what you do today re- is, it, it comes from when you were growing up or what you saw when you were growing up, Right. So when I was growing up, I saw my mom and dad work together, and they worked very hard. Um, La lonchera. In the lonchera, okay? Love it. 
So when we came to the United States, my mom landed her first job and only job here was as a cocinera in the lunch truck. Okay, my dad landed a job in a warehouse manufacturing speakers, and then on the weekend he would sell them. And then I would go with him on the weekends to sell the speakers in the SWAT meet. So our job was to sell them. I even remember, dude, um, getting some of the speakers, converting them into a bowl, and then the top of the speaker would be that would be our spoon to eat our food. Mm. That's how in, that's how smart my dad was, mm -hmm. right? And, or how creative he was, all right? And so my parents worked very hard. And they, they had seven kids, and they provided a great living for us. My mom told my dad one day when she came home from work, she says, you know what? I think you should look into the lonchera business because it's very good. The guy that I work for, parece que le va bien, okay? And that, that, said, that means it seems as if though it's going good for him. I think you ought to come check it out. What type of food do you remember? It was Mexican food. Mm, tacos, right? burritos. Tacos, burritos, uh, a little bit of uh, Salvadorian, so pupusas, okay. right? And... Um, well, my dad listened to my mom, and so he came by, he checked it out, and sure enough, a week later, okay, my dad was driving the lunch truck, a lunch truck, and then my mom was cooking, all right, so they were a power couple. Um, my mom never took time off, and the only time she took off was when she had a baby, mm. when she was pregnant, so she would literally get off of work, my dad would drive her to the hospital, she would have the baby, that was her time off. Mm. And then reposar or take one or two days off, depending on what the doctor did, told you. Take one or and two then, months off. <laughs> I know, but dude, my mom is amazing. So, so that's would, where you get the work. And ethic. that's where she, and, 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 and that, would be, that would be her only time off. And then she would go back to work, okay? But I saw two things, right? I saw they worked together. It went very well for them, okay? And then I also saw where you park the lunch trucks. You there's it's a it's a plant right where other lunch trucks park their trucks. And then I also so competition, not a competition. Competition. And during that time, I met this gentleman by the name of Armando. Armando had just came to the United States as well. He was driving a lunch truck. All right. He was a single man, but very hardworking. All right. Just as hard as I work as my parents. And he was doing his first lunch truck. Okay. He then he bought himself his second lunch truck. And my parents were still driving one lunch truck, okay? And then he bought his third lunch truck. Mind you, they were ju working just as hard. And long story short, this guy, fast forward five years later, this guy has 10 lunch trucks. My parents have one. My parents were working just as hard, all right? And so I see that and I look back and I'm like, you've got to work Either way, okay? Whether you work hard or you work a little bit harder, okay? If you work a little bit harder, you come up with a strategy and a plan, you can do whatever you want. Long story short, Armando, guess what? Now owns the plant of lunch trucks, owns over 100 lunch trucks. Wow. And every single lunch truck that parks there pays him rent. And they have to consume the merchandise from his plant. So... Going back to go to mortgage solutions, how that ties back to this is that you've got to work, okay? You work a little bit more, okay? And you can have the life of your dreams. So when Ampi and I thought about opening up a mortgage company, we said that if we're going to do something, it's got to be big. So our vision and our goal is that we become the largest privately owned mortgage company 
in all of California. Amen. Our vision is to lead the mortgage industry for generations to come. Not just for the next generation, but for generations to come. And we plan on doing that by providing education to our communities, um, awareness, opportunities, like, for example, the lunch and learns that we have, to empower our agents so that they can then go empower homeowners and build wealth through homeownership. Okay, that's amazing. That's Amen. amazing. And we're going we're gonna to get into uh, some of the, your vision for 2023 and, and where we are as a whole uh, in this industry where we went from 2.5% interest rate, right, which was unheard of in the history of the United States. But because, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, because of COVID and all the fear that came with that, we didn't want an economic, a financial economic uh, collapse in, in the mortgage industry like we had back in 2008. So we didn't want a repeat of that. So what the federal government did is they dropped the rate about as far as it could go. And I think it served its purpose, but it was a, it was a band-aid. It wasn't a, a cure, a fix for the long run. It was a short-term bandage, and a lot of people took advantage, right? Because it's a 30-year fix. But it also created, uh, it, it, it created something false that wasn't real. So, so we, were go we were inflating property values by going 50,000 over asking price, 100,000 over. I think I shared with this with you uh, off mic uh, uh, a while back where we were trying to buy a property and we went 200,000 over asking price, no contingencies, right? We thought, hey, this is a super strong offer. We didn't even get a counter back. Wow. It went 500,000 over. At that point, something clicked in my head and said, it's the wrong time to buy right now. Because not only are you, are you overpaying for it, but you're, in, in a lot of circumstances, you were taking the property as is, no contingencies, right? So you don't inspect the property properly. You don't, you, you know, who cares what the bank values it at, right? And what if life happens and you lose your loan for whatever reason? So, so it's a super risky thing that we were doing. Fast forward to what it's been seven, eight months now, right? That, More or less. Yeah. That the that the rates increased. Why do you think the federal government stepped in and said, hey, let's stabilize this. Let's, let's fix this Band-Aid. Let's rip the Band-Aid off and let's get to where we need to be. So when we, we experienced that, man. You are 100% right. And that was not normal. A 1.99, 1.5% interest rate is not normal. And then putting a house up on the market and it's selling in 24 hours is also not normal. And then on top of that, a home selling $500,000 above asking price is also not normal, <laughs> right? So, and then not only that, if we go back, when was the last time we had a crash? Back in 2007, 2008. Ever since then, we've been on the upward trend. That's also not normal. It's been, what, 14 years since we've, we've had a crash? And they say that the rule of thumb is every 10 years, right? So... But then COVID came about, and what happened during COVID was how a perfect example of how the government interfered. 
right? And you just created this artificial market. Artificial market, right? Artificial interest rates, artificial numbers. Inflation. There was a report, and I did a video on this, where um, it said that the U.S. printed 65% of its money in a period of, what, six, eight months? Wow. 65%. I'll give you an example. So what that means is, like, you're working out. Right, you're supposed to get rest, but you're working out for two weeks. You're, you're having slept, basically, for a year, okay? Cause, because you're on five energy, uh, <laughs> right? You're, you're the Red Bulls. You're on some kind of crazy yeah. medication. Yeah, yeah. Now, imagine that. What's going to happen after that? You're going to crash, right? Now, where, I, where we are currently at, right, average rate's about, what, 6%. That is normal. That's a normal market. Back in 2006, 2005, what were the interest rates hovering at? Right. Seven, more or less, right? Six and a half. The second was backed up by 11, 12%, right? Um, although that financing wasn't normal, but the in, in interest rate environment was normal, right? And then on top of that, properties would sell within you know, 30 to 45 days, more or less, right? I think that where we're at right now is a normal market, right? Now, granted, different times, right? Look at affordabilities through the sky, right? I was just going to mention that, right? Because when you have a 7% interest rate and the property is $300,000, it's a lot different having a 7% interest rate with an $800,000 uh, price. So I think the, the inflation that we talked about, right, with uh, these fake, uh, I mean, they were real, right? Because people benefited, yeah. right? And thirty-year fix at one point nine nine, right? Good for you if 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 you uh, if you cashed in on that. But I think what what I'm trying to say is that now that we're in a normal environment, we're having to pay the price for those inflated prices. So where do we go from here? Twenty twenty-three. We're still in the middle of the first quarter. Uh, heading into the second quarter, where do you see 2023 trending as far as mortgages and real estate? And so we were, and so and we were talking about what normal is right now, right? So interest rates went up. Um, every single mortgage and, and real estate professional was affected, right? Properties almost at, felt as if though came to a stall, like real estate came to a stall, like nothing was selling because it was a shocker. You went from two, three percent to five and a half percent, right? From one day to another. And we, it as if though the real estate market took a break, it's like it was on ice for a good 60 days. It's February. Our business started to pick up the third week of January. And here's what I mean by that, okay? You went from no one making offers to people now looking at homes via open houses, people writing offers, and then we are realizing right now that there's 13, 15 offers on homes right now. So I think it's very interesting, right? I mean, and you see it. There's still a shortage of inventory. Demand is very high. A lot of people are moving to the outskirts of the San Fernando Valley, in this case, Bakersfield, in this case, Palmdale, because affordability is still there. Look, man, they're not building any more land. And... There's a lot more people nowadays than there were back in 2008. 
I saw this, uh, I read this report not too long ago, maybe about a week, uh, three, four days ago. Back in 2008, there was a, a pro- there was an inventory of properties, roughly about 4 million properties on the market, okay? Right now, there's roughly, and this is countrywide, right now there's roughly 867,000 homes in the market. There's still a shortage of inventory of like 3 million of homes. So what is that saying? Although rates are where they are at, people, there's a lot more people. Yeah, I, I think supply and demand is always going to be the case. And, and rents continue to climb. You don't see a landlord saying, hey, wait a minute. It's a rough economy. Gas is $5 a gallon. Let me drop down your, your payment You know, uh, from 3500 a month to twenty five. That's not happening. I don't see that happening. So that creates motivation, incentive for uh, younger families that are growing, having babies, and to get into the American dream, which yeah. is which is what we're talking about, right? It's owning real estate, especially here in Southern California. It can create generational wealth real quick. Uh, so share a little bit about what your thoughts are. Should when is the best time to? That's like the most frequently asked question, right? When is the best time to buy? Can I time it? Can I time the market one? What would you say to to that buyer? And I did a video on this, right? Uh, timing the market about two years ago, right? I think that the best time to buy real estate is when it's within your means, right? Because if you didn't buy when interest rates were at one point nine nine three percent. And you're probably like, why aren't you buying when interest rates are at 6%, right? And, and if, you didn't, if you didn't buy back then, then that's probably maybe because you didn't have money saved up or your job stability wasn't there or your level of confidence. There's different reasons or maybe your belief system, right? But the best time for you to buy, regardless of what the market does, it's when you are ready, when you decide, when you've decided, when you and your wife have decided that you are going to buy a home because you're, you've got to pay for housing, you've got to pay rent regardless, okay? Now, the bad thing about rent is that your rent is due on the 1st, it's late after the 5th, okay? Getting a mortgage, it's due on the 1st, late on the 15th. So you have an extra 10-day grace period, okay? You've got to pay, right? And sometimes in life, you've got to sacrifice, right? Maybe your rent is $3,000, okay? And maybe it means that you've got to stop going to Starbucks uh, and and be able to afford a $4,4200 mortgage payment to stay in the San Fernando Valley. So the best, to, to, to go back to your question, I think that the best time is when you are ready to buy a house, regardless of what the market is doing. I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, all right, so uh, let's, let's peel it back a little bit. Uh, you, uh, you mentioned that... Uh, you, you're always looking to grow, not only in business, but uh, as, a, as a human being, spiritually, uh, physically, mentally. By the way, we, we share a, a very uh, 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 a passion for the fight game. And, and you surprised me. You surprised me when you said that, you had an extensive amateur career. You fought for the Golden Gloves. Share a little bit about that. Brother, I was, um, I was probably about, what, in 10th, 6th grade when I, when, when I got into boxing. 
or maybe even younger, and I went through several different gyms. I started, I believe we started in El Monte off of, uh, gosh, um, I, I don't remember the name of the gym, but the coach was Lorenzo, okay? I was probably a good in sixth grade again. Uh, my dad, I told my dad I wanted to do some sport. He, he decided to take me to boxing. I, 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 didn't, I, I don't remember I wanted to do that. I don't remember ever telling me that, you know what, I want to be a boxer when I grow up. But he just took me because they did a really good job at keeping us preoccupied in sports, right? And growing up with six other siblings, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure there was some scuffles. <laughs> going. Where, where do you fall in that, in that age bracket with your brothers and sisters? I, I'm the oldest one. Okay. Out of seven of us. Oh, okay. okay. So my dad signed myself up. He signed my sister Brenda, my sister Lucy, and my brother Jonathan and my brother Marcos. Okay, five people, man. You know, I mean, gosh, dude, that that's that that adds up. You that's know? a fighting family right there. <laughs> so, um, so this was a boxing gym out of El Monte, and when I went there, man, I met this young kid, some kid, probably about five years old, by the name of we used to call him Campeon. So you're in, you, you like boxing, and you watch these boxing uh, boxing matches. I love it, yeah. And that uh, Campeon, you know, that little kid. Was he was there every single day? He was sparring. He was shadow boxing. You know, ta 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 ta, right? And uh, his dad used to coach him. Um, I went through my career, right? Uh, amateur. I grew up. I got into the business. Um, my brother married this beautiful lady, um, and that lady happened to be cousins with what a small world, okay? With the kid that I met. Ages ago. El Campeón. El Campeón. And guess who that happens to be? Oh. Arnold Barboza. Okay. Arnold Barboza Jr. Yeah. Right? The guy's with top-ranked uh, boxing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. He's, you know, he's an up-and-coming. Uh, I think he'll have a fight with, uh, with with the Ryan Garcia and, you know, the guys within that um, within That, that, that lightweight class. division, that 135. So, so I, little did I know, right, that that little kid, Campeón, right, was going to be Arnold Barbosa. So that was my, that's when I started boxing, dude. And I grew up, I was growing up. Um, we started there. Then my dad took me to a different gym Bald, in Baldwin Park, the community center in Baldwin Park. And there is where I picked it up. I was introduced to a different coach. That coach um, would put me up and um, he said, you know what, I think you're ready to fight. So I did a couple of fights here and there, and um, um, long story short, um, I ended my I, I ended uh, my amateur fight uh, my amateur career with like eighty something fights. We went to the junior junior gloves. We did all kinds of stuff. I fought at the Hollywood Park. I was telling my kids the other day, and I even fought inside of Oscar De La Hoya's gym. Mm. Eighty fights is no joke. That was a ton of fights, man. That was what was your record? Brother, I was like, you know, I was like 40-something, and um, I, I was up there. Okay. I was up there, yeah. Okay. I, I had fun. I think that's the key. I had fun. I don't have a lot of regrets, but I do regret not continuing that journey. And, and, and I tell this to my kids, right? Don't make a decision today that you will regret for the rest of your life, right? And that is what, and, and what, I, what I mean by that is I, I was boxing as I was going through high school, all right? 
I came to my senior year. I met friends, had a girlfriend. I was introduced to the party scene. Mm, 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 and mm. there was this party that was going to happen. And I told my dad, and I couldn't miss that party, Clemente, because that was going to be the best and the last party that ever happened. And I had <laughs> to attend that party. And I attended the party. And ever since then, I went to another party, and I went to another party. And because of that, I could no longer focus on boxing. And my dad told me, it's either one or the other, but you can't do both. Mm. And I decided to party. Okay. One of the biggest regrets. So I watch these boxing matches nowadays, and I tell myself that that, that could have been me. Well, I'm, I'm a big believer, and thanks for sharing, that God has a purpose for it. And everything happens to us the way it's supposed to happen. Uh, and look at you now. You know, you own a business. You, you network with, uh, like I mentioned, some of my heroes. Uh, so I, I want to jump right into the coaching aspect from boxing now into the business entrepreneur uh, world. So share a little bit about how your relationship started with uh, Patrick Bad David. Man, it was it's very interesting, man. So I, and by the way, I hired my first coach back in 2015. And um, I hired a mortgage uh, coach, right? A, a gentleman that was 100% focused on coaching mortgage professionals. And I hired a coach back then because I believed that I had already plateaued my business. During that time, I was already doing you know, seven, ten loans on a monthly basis. That's not a lot right now. But back then, you know, with given where the technology was and where the average numbers were, that was, that was above average. I started to coach with him, and my business increased. It was funding 17, 20 loans a month. Wow. That's, that, those are big numbers, right, back then. Oh, okay? making six figures a month, easily. 100%. Easy. And so I coached with him for about a year and a half, two years, maybe even three years. I figured, you know what? I said, I got to a point where I said, you know what? I don't need a coach anymore. I got it figured out. I know everything. And so as a result of that, I, and by the way, we, you know, we created systems, we created processes, we had a team, we had three different processors. It was great. Things were great. So things were on automatic. So things were on automatic. I picked up, you know, they say that you pick up on habits when you are bored or you don't have anything to do, right? At least that's what happened to me. So I picked up on habits. I started to smoke. I started to drink. I was drinking from Thursday through Monday. I gained a lot of weight. Um, and things were cool. But you were coasting. You were comfortable. And in the back end, my relationship with my wife was suffering. But I didn't know that until one day she said, you've got to go see a therapist. And... Guess what the first, guess guess what I responded with? Typical ranchero. No, <laughs> you gotta go see it. <laughs> oh. You're the one that needs it. Luckily, I went to go see the therapist. I, we went that day, and I remember that day we um we got into an argument, mm -hmm. an altercation. And um but um had it not been for that, we probably wouldn't be sitting here. I think that um that changed my life. Uh, we were going to therapy for um, 
about a year together. Um, that got us in a different direction. I still continue to go see the therapist. Good for you. And I believe that all of us, every human being, ought to see a therapist. And I'm speaking from myself, right? In, in, my, in my family, in my culture, you don't talk. In my culture, you don't cry. In my culture, things are always good. But they're not if you don't talk. You know, depression comes from depressing your thoughts, your beliefs, and what you want to say. Your emotions, yeah. Your emotions. But there's no better feeling than speaking, than talking, than thinking out loud. Than cr- it feels so great crying. Or for whatever the case may be, it feels so good. And a lot of us ought to do it more often. That is a great exercise. You ever go to Tony Robbins? Yes. You ever go to like these MITT uh, events? I have Transformational the therapy? Yeah. And what do they do? What do they make you do? They make you go back to your past, remember an event, and then they make you, and it makes you cry. And how much better do you feel after that? No, absolutely. There's my therapist right there, by the way. <laughs> Shout out to Josh. Josh, I love that. <laughs> so I went, okay? And we went through therapy. It was great. The best thing I could have done. Started to work out. I started with the walk around my house. Then I started with the run around my I house. I can't picture you big. What was your biggest? I was 200 pounds. Okay. 200 pounds. Long I w- hair. I wish I was 200 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just throw it out yeah. there. Oh, I'm four, nine, five feet tall. Man. You know <laughs> no, what I'm saying? So that's not good. No, okay? you're not. <laughs> and so that was good. That, that solved everything, right? That solved that. Like that, that healed me inside, or at least it taught me how to communicate, taught me how to um, um, express myself. And things got back on track. At home. Right. In business. Home and business. Because all this time, getting into the mortgage business was to get something, to be able to afford something from the outside to fix the inside. And that's what we, a lot of human beings do. You can't do that. There's mm. no external thing that's going to be able to fix me. So I want, my first thing was, I want to buy a, a $30,000 watch. I want to buy a badass car. I want to buy a badass house. For what? To make that other person feel bad. We buy a nice car. What do we do? What do we do? We roll up to the red light. What do we do? We look to the left. We look to the right. We make eye contact with that person to make sure that they're seeing us. That used to be me, by the way. That's funny. I never thought about it that way. Oh. So that you can see the car that I'm driving. So that you can see how good I'm doing and how bad you're doing. Mm. And then you buy the watch, and then what do you do? You know, you got, you, you know you're always wanting people to see your watch. Oh, yeah. And then, and I did that, and I bought that, right? But then... I still felt like shit. Mm. But therapy helped me through that. And then through that, um, things were business was still an automatic. And one day on my way to work, dude, or on my way to work, I was listening to this podcast with Patrick. And that day I was just, something happened where I came into the office I turn on my computer and I continue to watch that podcast. And at the very end of that video, it said, 
And for those of you that are interested in coaching directly with me, please reach out to this number, and I will have one of my guys call you. So I did that. I called Patrick's office, spoke to a receptionist, took my information. Leo called me back with Leo Martinez as a rep over at Valley Tainman. He called me, asked me a couple of questions. And that day, I had already decided that I was ready to take my business to the next level. Mm-hmm. Like, things were good at home. I'm good. My kids are good. I just finished dropping off my kids. I'm ready to take my business to the next level. I'm ready to have a business coach. That's interesting because when your business initially exploded, it doubled in production. You had a coach. You had a mentor. And then you went off it and kind of th- things started to go rocky, right? Uh, you were, you have a s- strong enough wife that recognized that something was going on and encouraged you, highly encouraged you to seek therapy, both as a couple and now individually. And then you, you came to the realization of, hey, if Michael Jordan needs a coach, right? 100%. Why not me? Yeah. And I love the fact that you you went with the mega coach, right? You didn't go with the with the coach down the street. You went with you know, Mr. Valuetainment and one of the, probably one of the most watched people on in the planet. Uh, so share a little bit about how that relationship started to cultivate once you got into the coaching uh program. Yeah. And Everything just aligned. Remember, the reason why we opened up GoToMortgage Solutions was because we wanted to be the largest privately owned mortgage company in all of California. So this guy, Patrick, built a company from zero to 36,000 licensees. So if anybody knows about building something, it's Patrick, right? And so although I got into the business and I did well for myself, right, I forgot about the why. I forgot we forgot why why I got into this business, sure. right? And and why our why's changed, right? At the beginning, I got into the mortgage business, or at least accidentally, because I wanted to get out of my mom's house, right? And you know, quite frankly, I wanted to be you know, stereotypical. I wanted to I wanted to be rich, right? Or just wanted to make money, so I can buy a nice car, buy a nice watch, et cetera, et cetera. Right? The you were working in thing. office, not in a lonchera. Exactly, <laughs> right? I'll go into that, right? But um, so, and, and it just, things just subconsciously happen, right? What you think about the most is what you attract, right? Sure. So, look, we want to be the largest privately owned mortgage company. And so, I'm watching this podcast from Patrick B. David, the guy that built the company from zero to 36,000 licensees. Who else would be able to coach us better on business, right? We already got the mortgage business down. We already got the how to do loans, right? But... How to run a business is totally different. How to run a business is, is you, it's very different. And the truth of the matter is, and here's what I like about what Patrick says, that none of us know anything. We figure it out as we go. None of us know anything. Wow. We figure it out as we go, right? Luckily for myself, right, or whoever's coaching with them, it's like, I've already built something, and this is how I did it. So here's the here's the shortcuts. In other words, right? And I don't know if I would say shortcuts because I don't like that word, right? I tell my kids there's no shortcuts in life, sure. but it's like it's a strategy, right? 
Here's the how. Here's the how, right? And it comes from accounting. At times, it, it comes from processes. It comes from systems, etc. The back end stuff, the boring stuff, and um, that's one of the things that when we started to coach with him, just it changed everything, right? And it also helped us discover our why. So that's a little bit about how we came up with Patrick and why we decided to coach with him. Well, you you've shared your mission your vision, uh, I want to know your why. You, we just kind of glanced over it. We, I, I know you're a family man, right? Share a little bit about your why. 100%, man. So, and our whys, at least my why, has evolved throughout the years, right? And I'm not going to use the word change, right? But evolve, right? Sure. Because... When I got into the mortgage business, and how I got into the mortgage business was a, it was a, it was an accident, right? Um, so, and my why at, during that time was to get out of my mom's house, and then my why was to buy a home, and then the why was to buy a car, and then a watch, et cetera, et cetera. But then, if I look back and I really analyze what my why was, I became obsessed with going with my real estate agents to deliver the keys of their new home. That's a good feeling. I saw it once. I saw it two times, and I saw it several other times after that. But when I f saw it the first time, I questioned it. I said, I asked Nancy, which is the lady that introduced me to the business, I asked her, why are they crying? What happened? He said, she said, well, we just closed on their home, and we're giving them the keys. I said, wow. Right? The wife crying, the f husband crying, the kids excited, running through the home, picking their bedrooms, sometimes fighting for the bedroom. Yeah. So I saw that, and I'm like, I want to do this again. When's the next one? So we went to the next one. And I'm like, dude, I like this. What do I have to do to do what you're doing? Because I want to make somebody else's dream come true. So I became obsessed with that feeling. That obsession changed about three years ago. My obsession now and my why is to bring this opportunity, this career, to others the way it was brought to me. When we're going to school, all we think or we know or we believe that's available to us as a career is, is a fireman, a cop, a lawyer, a teacher, but they don't talk about a loan officer. They don't talk about a mortgage professional. So I believe it is my duty to go out there and share this amazing career that has done so much for my family, that has done so much for my clients and my agents. And it, I'm on a mission to share that with everybody. Love it. Uh, talk a little bit about your, uh, your coaching approach now with your LOs, with... Um, with the people that God brought around you, right? Share a little bit about uh, how you came to the hiring process, right? I know you have a staff uh, with your salespeople and why, if you're a loan officer out there, why they should come to go to mortgages. Look, man, we, we believe that everyone deserves to own a home. And we're on a mission to solve that because there's no greater feeling than that. And we're going to make that happen via education, via, via 
opportunities, via you name it, okay? Now, oftentimes, when you're introduced to the real estate industry or the mortgage industry, the first thing is you think about money. That's not the person we're trying to attract here. We're trying to attract that person that wants to change lives, right? That person that has morals. And we all have a moral compass. We all know what's right or wrong. Sure. But we're human beings, right? So sometimes we get caught up, right? Um, we just had an incident when, um, where, you know, and like, you know, one of, our, one of our LOs was sleeping with another agent here. Mm. We let them go. That doesn't align with our, with our vision. Now I get it, we're salespeople, right? It's going to happen, right? right? But that, that doesn't fit with their core values or what we're trying to do. So we let them go, right? Um, so we're looking for leaders. We're looking for individuals that are up for changing the game, for changing lives, for making uh, dreams of families come true. We're dream grantors. Love we're it. dream grantors. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about changing lives. Right? I mean, buying my home was one of the best feelings in the world, right? Becoming a U.S. citizen was one of the greatest feelings in the world. Having my child was one of the best feelings in the world. Home ownership is right up there with those life events. Definitely. Definitely. So, being a, and, and oftentimes we're in the hustle and bustle of this and we don't see it, that that's what we do. But, I mean, what? other gratifying job is there out there where we can make such an impact or make a difference in families' lives. Well, I, I can see, I can feel the passion coming uh, from you, and I think that is going to attract people. When you love what you do, it's not work, right? You're, you're coming to serve your purpose, and that's to help others achieve what you achieved, right? Coming as an immigrant, uh, and now being a business owner, being a father, being a husband. So um, I, I, I want to touch on something. I know time flies when you're having fun. I'm Amen. having a blast, by the way. Uh, I want to touch on your, your gradual uh, chase of your faith. I know that that's something that we don't necessarily like to talk about, right? Uh, but I've heard you say amen a couple of times, and a anybody that watches our podcast knows that uh, the source, right, is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's, that's the source of everything, of family, of business, of entrepreneurship. Everything that we discuss comes from that source. So share a little bit of, of your walk with the Lord and, and how that came to be. Brother, amen to that. I, I think that the most faithful men and women in the world are entrepreneurs. And here's what I mean by that. As an entrepreneur, you don't have a secure paycheck. All you know is you come into this business and somebody tells you, if you do X, Y, and Z, this will happen, right? But you got to be faithful to that process. Depend, you gotta trust you've got to trust and depending upon how much faith you have, that's going to dictate your success, right? If, you, if, if, if there's a, a little glimpse, if there's a little doubt, then it's not going to work, okay? If the faith is there, then 
you're going to succeed, right? So going back to that, right? We're the most faithful. And faithful, faithful in what? Right? I mean, the turtle, the dog, what, what, what? And I truly believe that our faith is to the man above. Like, that's the person that makes it happen. 100%. There's a saying that says, my mom says, that can, uno pone y Dios dispone. 100%. And through that process, there's tests that the man above makes you go through. Good or bad, whatever they may be, but there are tests that then down the line becomes your testimony. And we are going through some crazy times right now. And I recognize that that's a test for us. And we're going to be talking about that 12 months from now. Some crazy stuff that we are going through right now. Well, I've, uh, I, I've had the, the privilege of, of having intimate conversations and, and sharing my testimony and how, how my uh, walk with God came to be. Uh, but I think that it's, it's a true testament, right, of exactly what you said. Uh, having the entrepreneur uh, spirit, right, is completely having faith in what God puts in our hearts, God puts in our minds, and acting upon it, right? One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Matthew 7, 7, right? And it talks about, ask and you shall receive. Amen. Knock and it, the door will be opened onto you. Uh, so I think that what God is telling us is anything is possible. If I put it in your heart, if I put it in your head, we can achieve it. Uh, and I love that you've evolved in your why from having, and we're all guilty of it, having, having the selfish, uh, I want to be rich, I want to have the watch, I want to have the car, I want to have the house, right? Having all this, uh, it, it tends to fade away as we mature uh, in our walk with God and we transform from being selfish to being selfless. And now it's looking to others and seeing how can I be of service from a client uh, point of view, from a partner point of view, but also from a mentor and, and a leader. So I'm, I'm super encouraged by what you're doing and how your mission is clear to be the largest. And I want to congratulate you because I saw that you went back to back as top 1% with United Wholesale Mortgage. So share a little bit of how that came yeah, and, you know, I don't like to talk about numbers because there is um, there's this book that I read not too long ago. It was, it was a couple of months ago, and it's, it's a, it talk, I believe the name of the book was um, The Infinite Mindset, right? I, I believe that's what, that's what the name of the book was, and that was a book that Patrick recommended, one of the book of the months, right? And, you know, you, when you talk about being number one, and oh, we, we put it out there, right, but that's not what it all comes down to, Right. But being number one is is you're 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 being selective on what you are uh, saying you're number one on, right? Because you're being um, you're just you're you're great you're grading yourself based off of a couple of different metrics. And is that really number one? Is that finite or infinite mindset, right? But and if we talk about the book, right? Well, that you know the book talks about that that's finite mindset, right? Um, but that came about, man, 
we served well over two, gosh, we've served well over, I don't know, over 300 different families last year, okay? Awesome. And we're not that big. Over so many, who knows how many, you know, 300 million. Don't remember those numbers. Don't, don't quote me on that. But it was up there, right? But none of that would have been possible without our clients trusting in us. None of, it, none of that would have been possible without the hard work of the people on the back end. I think that oftentimes the people in the back end are overlooked and overshadowed. I think that we get a lot of the credit. And I like the position I'm in right now because I can then go back and I can share and I can give and I can applaud and recognize the people in the back end, in this case, our processors, right? Operations, the gentleman Efren that you see here at the office, gosh, man, the things that that guy does. Without he, he's them, been around forever. I, I remember meeting him when I first got started yeah. in the industry back in 2003 uh, with a gentleman, uh, I think it was Ivan Lomelli and uh, Orlando uh, um, uh, Palomares. Okay. okay. Uh, but uh, both are still uh, great friends of mine, but he was around. He was around then soaking it all up behind the scenes. Yeah. And, and when I ran into him here, I said, oh. There he is. There he yeah, is. Yeah. Awesome. So that, I mean, year after year, again, our goal is to be the largest privately owned, right? But our goal is also to do right by the consumer. And on top of that, to provide them with an experience that they will remember. Sure. Right? We want to be unreasonable with our service. We want to be unreasonable with our hospitality. We want to be reasonable with unreasonable with how we make the client feel. The consumer will never remember from the top of their head their interest rate. The consumer is not going to remember what their closing costs were. But the consumer or the human being will remember how you make them feel throughout the process. And that's what we're focused on. Mm. And, 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 if we z- and we're going to continue to zone in on how we make them feel throughout the entire process. Like, and with that is how we're going to be the largest privately owned mortgage company that the consumer is going to want to come to us because of the mortgage is a byproduct, but because of how we make them feel when they're applying for a mortgage. Where do you see yourself? Not necessarily the company, but uh, yourself, Juan Torres. Where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? Uh, gosh, man, within the next five, ten years, Jesus Christ, what, what can I tell you, man? All I can tell you is that within the next five years, we'll be at a little bit over north of 1,500 different salespeople, right? Um, that the, the the buzz is go-to mortgage solutions made me feel like I was important, go-to mortgage solutions, made me feel like I mattered, and I encourage you to go to mortgage solutions. And, 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 and that's, that's our theme, right? That's what it's all about. That's what we're all about. I'm reading this book right now, Unreasonable Hospitality. Have you read that book? No, no, no. And I'm, I'm, I'm all obsessed with that book right now. Unreasonable Hospitality. Unreasonable Hospitality. And it, and it goes back to how we make them feel. And... Although I'm just reading it, we've been talking about how we made the consumer feel since 2015, 13. 
since 2018 have we been talking about the ultimate go-to experience. And, and I can't wait to share, you, to share with you what that ultimate buying experience is and how we're going to bring that about. about. Um, but I think that, um, I believe that you know, the future looks bright. I believe that there's a, there's a lot of opportunity. And I believe that we're going to make a difference in the communities in which we do loans, in the lives of the loan officers, in the lives of the real estate agents that support us, and each and every one of our employees here at GoTo Mortgage Solutions that believes in us. Well, I believe in you. Uh, thank you for sharing your, your vision. I want to wrap up with Vive. Uh, I attended your event. It was fantastic. You had a number of quality speakers come up and share their story. Uh, and the marketing that you did uh, for that event was off the charts. I saw you everywhere on my Instagram, on my Facebook. Uh, you, you, you mentioned uh, that uh, you, uh, you got into TikTok. So uh, share a little bit about Vive and what are the plans moving forward and how do you plan on growing that aspect of your, of your business? Sure. So Vive is an event that we are committed to hosting year after year. It is an event that is here to bring value to the real estate agents, to the mortgage professionals, to any entrepreneur, whether you're in the real estate game or not. And it's not about, it, it, it's about the possibilities. It's about changing lives. And more importantly, it's about hosting that event at home. Because everything starts at home. Because oftentimes when you think about a convention, they're in Miami, they're in Las Vegas, they're in San Diego. And what happens to that single mom that lives here in the San Fernando Valley? They can't do it. Right? They, I mean, I mean, unless they have like a nanny or unless they have their mom and dad that can take care of their daughters, what happens? Do they not get to go? What happens to that, let's just say it's a single father that doesn't have the support system? Or what happens to that husband and wife? that has kids that doesn't have the support system to take care of their kids so that they can go to a convention and get better. It's an underserved community, and we're here to make a difference, and we're focused on that, right? So we want to, the goal is to continue to do it here in the San Fernando Valley so that they get to get better too, so that they get to come to this event, soak up all that information, go out there and carry on that vision, that mission, and make a difference. Share a little bit about how you attract some of the talent that came out and spoke, and what are your future plans on bringing some more quality people to come present at your event? 100%. And another reason why I did that as well, um, Clemente, was because these, we don't have this back at home. Like when have, this was Patrick Bedavid's first time speaking in Granada Hills. I mean, he started his company here in Granada Hills, but he, he never had an event of that magnitude here. Never. So what does that tell you, right? And on top of that, it was for the real estate community. I mean, when was the last time we had such a thing? We don't. And the only event that happens here is like in downtown LA. But I mean, I've heard, I've been talking to a lot of people that attended this last event and they weren't quite pleased with the message or the environment. So 
the goal is I felt like I, I wasn't being sold anything, right? Typically, when you go to these events, they're pushing some sort of, uh, um, you know, product or service or or anything. I felt like this was strictly informational. You know, there's people in our business that are up for making a difference. And these speakers that we had at Vive 2022 were up for making a difference. And look at what happened. Look at what happened. It, it was amazing. I mean, we got so, I mean, we did a survey. And gosh, man, we got four out of five, like four and a half stars out of five. It was our first event. Now, you can imagine what our second event's going to be like. And we want to focus. Have, have you nailed down a, a, a date? We're thinking about doing it mid-summer time or towards the end of the summer. Okay. Um, as opposed to doing it during December. Um, I wanted to do it in 2022 because that was a goal, right? But um, this time around, we're thinking about doing it during the summertime. And, and the goal is that we continue to have these events because we need, it, it's our obligation as professionals that we get better. Well, I, I want to make a commitment to you right now that I want to help uh, if it's bringing people to the event in whatever capacity, uh, promoting your event. Uh, I want to be involved with that because I feel like you said it's we're being underserved uh, and it's super important. And, and sometimes you, you don't connect with five out of the six speakers, but it's that one. That shared their story of being a single mother, you know, of taking that leap of faith, right, that could inspire another single mother. So, Amen. I, yeah, count, count me in on, on your next event, uh, however capacity that, that might Amen. be. Amen. Now, let me ask you another question. When was the last time, and here's another reason why we're doing these events. When was the last time, or what was the name of the event, or just when was the last time you attended an event of, or convention like that, more or less? Uh, well, uh, I like to attend the, uh, mm -hmm. the self-help okay. uh, motivational, and you mentioned Anthony Robbins, and you, you know, especially some of the the real estate conventions. You know, uh, you know, uh, the Ferry, the Mike Ferry. The, you know, so uh, I I attend these. Okay. You know, I would say twice a year. Now check this out. But like you said, to your point, it's usually out of Vegas. It's out of Las Vegas. Yeah. Check this out. We are the shakers and the movers of the real estate industry, okay? Why are we, why are us not hosting, why are we not hosting this event? Why do we not have a Latino up on those stages? You know, I've, I've been to some of those events and they're, they're not, there's not a whole lot of Latinos on those stages. I want to change that. We are the ones in the San Fernando Valley that are knocking on the doors, that are doing these open houses, that are making a difference in these families' lives. And we're being overlooked. So it's time that we put ourselves, and even if it means that we put ourselves on those stages, we're going to do it. And that's another reason why I did that. It's time that we start giving ourselves credit, right? With the, you know, the, like, la, la, it's, it's us. I mean, we got to represent. It's a Latino community, man. You know, it's, we, I mean, brother, it, it was my dream to land a job inside of an office. And I'm doing mortgages now. But that was my dream, to land a job inside of an office where I'd be able to go to work dressed in a suit and tie in a nice car, come home smelling the way I left and not smelling like carne asada, or, you know, because you know, that was my, that, that was where I grew up, right? But now that we have this, now we, 
we've got to make a difference for ourselves. And if people aren't calling us to put us on those stages, then we got to put ourselves on those stages. Because the truth of the matter is that we're the ones selling the houses. We're the ones financing these homes. We're doing the work. We got to put ourselves up there. And that's what we're doing. Brother, thank you so much for doing this. But more importantly, thank you for being you. Thank you for being the leader that you are. Uh, I'm super grateful for our friendship, and I'm looking to grow it a lot more. Thank you, brother. God bless. Amen. Thank you, Julio.